The Seattle Mariners added to their minor league system by signing Cole Tucker. We also got a few of the Mariners' top prospects ranked in the top 100. We'll talk about them and kind of what that means for the Mariners' future. And we're going to end it with Dylan Cease. The, all the talk about the trade for him, the packages that people are coming up with. We want to hear your thoughts on the packages that we have. But first of all, I want to thank you guys for coming to watch episode 56 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network, the Greg Hallman episode oh. of the Hit It Here podcast, Joe. Greg Hallman, rest in peace, our boy. Yeah, I was gonna say you're you're starting off on not like a like a sad note, but that's yeah. I. I think he deserves. You know, yeah, he deserves a mention here. So I appreciated that. Good, thank you. It makes me feel better about how I'm feeling right now. And you mentioned at the beginning in your little spiel, we signed Cole Tucker, and I think the larger impact here is that we also then get Vanessa Hudgens as part of the Mariners fandom now. She's gonna be wherever he is, which is pretty sick. It's probably going to be in Tacoma. He's a minor league invite, or not an invite, just a minor league contract that was signed. Because Cole Tucker, he's a guy that just really hasn't done anything at the major league level very consistently and often at all. He's gotten nine years of experience in the minor leagues to a 260, 341, 371, 713 slash across damn near 3,000 at-bats. He's a guy that he's been around the block a time or two in terms of filling out minor league systems for teams he's depth he is positional depth he's organizational depth that the Mariners brought in Cole Tucker he played in five major league games in 2023 there's not a whole lot of substance here for Cole Tucker middle infield depth outfield depth a little bit don't bet on him making any really huge impact for the Mariners in 2024 well you know what I can bet on Joe What's that? bet online. It's playoff time. The NFL championship round for the playoffs has been set. The Chiefs versus the Ravens and the Niners versus the Lions. And the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. If you're wondering where the game starts, well, it starts on bet online. And if you want to place a bet on any of the championship rounds or the Super Bowl, you're going to want to do it on bet online. Okay. Bet online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, BetOnline also has you covered with mobile and desktop access. So if you want to do it from your computer or say you're already on the couch waiting for the game to start, you can place a bet there anytime, anyplace, no matter what. Head to BetOnline today and stay up to date on all the action. And when you're there, make sure to use promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V when you get there. And remember, it's BetOnline. The game starts here. Yeah, Cole Tucker is a guy that the Mariners will have under contract through 2027 just because of the lack of major league playing time that he's had. So he's still arbitration or pre-arb? He's still pre-arb, I think, actually. Yeah, till 2025. Um, again, like Joe said, a guy that has not put it together a shortstop minor league depth. The Mariners were probably running low on that after obviously losing out on Caballero, who probably would have been like minor league shortstop depth for you. So he's nothing more than a guy. And if he can put it all together and, you know, in an emergency, he can come up and he's not going to absolutely kill you at the major league level. It's not going to be great. You'd probably rather have Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty if, let's say, JP got hurt. But, again, Cole Tucker, he's 27 years old, coming up on his age 28 season, so he's not old by any means. And if the Mariners did want to keep him around, obviously they had to put him on his on the 40-man, right? No. No, he didn't get a 40-man spot. You're right. No, he's just minor league deal. Oh, well, screw it. I guess he'll just stay there then. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It it's pretty much nothing. The big part, like we said, is Vanessa Hudgens. We got the whole Taylor Swift, uh, Travis Kelsey thing going on. We have Vanessa Hudgens. You know, like the Justin Verlander, Kate Upton thing? Like, you know, they, they bring the spouses with them and it, like, adds to the power couple? Yeah. 
Vanessa Hudgens power couple. Vanessa Hudgens part of the uh, part of the Mariners fandom from our era of growing up. You know, High School Musical hits. That's he something that he can't do is hit. Oh, he's hitting all right. No, we, okay. <laughs> something that's interesting. Looking at his games played, he has played every position other than catcher, mm. which is pretty lit. Mm-hmm. He could pitch probably too if you needed him to. I don't think he's ever done it, but it's it's just it's it's nothing. Yeah, he's depth, which is fine. It's something the Mariners need, and every MLB team needs depth in their AAA system and just in their system in general. And the Mariners we'll see have quite a bit of it as MLB.com. Uh, MLB Pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. They released the top 100 prospects, and the Mariners had four of those top 100. Joe, tell me about them. How many did they have? Four. Four top four-wa. 100. <laughs> so Cole Young ranks the highest at 37th. Right behind him is Harry Ford at 38. We got Gabby Gonzalez at 79, still retaining his position within the top 100. I think last year he was in the 70s as well, so falls down a little bit, but. Less than I think a lot of people expected. And newcomer to the top 100, Colt Emerson, debuts at 87. Something that, again, this is in conjecture with the the Gabby Gonzalez ranking here. Colt Emerson, I think, is a better prospect than Mm -hmm. Gabby Gonzalez and should be ranked higher. I think when they do the re-rank in the middle of the season, Colt Emerson could be as high as the top 50. If he continues to do what he did when he got to Modesto... Whether he starts there or he goes to Everett to start the year, we kind of talked about that in the last podcast. We ranked our own top 30, and we had Cole Emerson third. We had Gabby Gonzalez sixth behind Celestin and Lazaro Montes. So Emily Pipeline still thinks Gabby Gonzalez is the third best prospect in the Mariners system. Maybe they're just – I don't know. Maybe it's like this – what's the word? Like he's already been there, so like why would he – regret like you know it's no there's no prospect fatigue for him necessarily like you're saying maybe with harry ford being lower than cold emerson you're worried not worried but you were willing to make an argument that cold emerson could be ranked higher than harry ford the mariners this could easily be five maybe six if we're if the guys continued on the trajectory uh adding like celestin and lazaro montes into the top 100 if gabby stays you could have six players in the top 100, which would put them as probably like second or third best like prospect farm system in all of baseball. Yeah, I find this list very interesting because obviously we have Cole Young and Harry Ford in the, within the top 50. So two guys in the top 50 for the Mariners, but you look at all four of these players, all of them are at single A or high A. And this just goes back to something that we've talked about where the Mariners farm system is damn good. It's just further away. They're younger guys, guys like the Mariners have drafted really, really well. And you, like Joe said, thinking about adding maybe Lazaro Montes or Felon Celestine, I think that the Mariners are that close. I bet you if you did like a ranking of like the top 125, I bet you both those guys are probably on there. Yeah. Like within another 25 picks. So as we see guys start to make it to the major leagues this year, like the Junior Comaneros, maybe even Jackson Holiday, right? Jackson Chirillo, that you'll probably start to see some more Mariners kind of trickle in here. The next wave is coming. It's still a little ways out, but it is coming for the Seattle Mariners. And I think that having four guys in the top 100 right now is a really, really good sign. And they're all kind of up the middle guys. You have catcher, two shortstops, and a center fielder. All up the middle. Center-ish fielder. Gabby, probably a right fielder. Probably not a center fielder. But but (laughs) in in theory, in practicality, something that's just interesting is looking in the top, just in the top 10, there's only one guy lower than double A. And so when these Mariners prospects get to that level, they get to double A. They're, you know, showing that they're playing at a higher level, at a higher level level of baseball that was a weird way to say that they're playing well 
in a higher league, they're going to rise up the ranks because like Jackson Holiday, number one ranked prospect in baseball by just tearing it up for the entire calendar year at each like stop. Cole Young goes out and hits 275, 280, 300, whatever. In AA Arkansas, he's going to crack into the top 20. Yeah. He's going to jump up from 37 into the top 20, in my opinion. And these guys that are super close to the MLB, like all, there's only what? One of them that's not two of them in the the top ten that don't have an ETA of reaching the MLB by 2024. That's Ethan Salas, who's 17. I'd be shocked if he makes makes his MLB debut next year. And then Walker Jenkins, an outfielder for the Twins, who is the lowest level here. He is in single A. He's only 18. So there's just the Mariners' prospect system as it gets older, as it develops more you will see more guys in the top 100 or like at the tops of those lists. Like when Julio and Jared were, you know, coming up through the system, maybe not Julio because he kind of was already ranked pretty highly coming from the international prospect class. But when Jared was like in single A, double A, he wasn't at, oh no, he was, he was that high, huh? He was pretty high. He, he was, was in top 10, I think. Yeah, he was. Maybe it's the pitching that I'm like getting mixed up with. But regardless, once these prospects reach a higher level, just know that you're going to see and get more familiar with their names as it grows on. Like guys that can enter the top 100 that we haven't even talked about, like Michael Arroyo could find his way into a top 100 prospect list. Should he, I think, get back to where he was kind of slated to be when he was in the complex league. If he can like put together a full half season at Modesto and go up to high A and still be competitive at the plate, Michael Arroyo is another guy that could enter, like you're saying, like the top 125. That's another name just to throw in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that the Mariners have quite a few of these guys. And every time that, you know, the draft rolls around or even the the uh, international signing period, they always add more guys to this list. I think that this team is, really, is built really well for the future. But when you look at the Mariners' top prospects, there's only a few of them that are above single A or high A. Obviously, at number six for the Mariners in 2023's top 30, Emerson Hancock, right? But you look at Cole Young, high A, Harry Ford, high A, Gabby Gonzalez, high A, Colt Emerson, and Michael Arroyo down in A ball. So these guys are far enough away that you have a little bit of time with them to develop them into even better prospects than they already are, whether that be into the top 100, like with like, with like the Felon and Celestines or the um, Lazaro Montes. Oh, my God. You almost forgot his name. You're so excited name. about him. I'm so excited, yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be a big year for Mariners prospects, and they're in a much better spot than people are giving them credit for. So, moving on here to really the meat and potatoes of this show that we're doing today is going to be a trade for Dylan Cease. Now, for those of you that did not hear, Boob Nightingale came out and said the Mariners have begun talks with the White Sox for a trade for Dylan Cease. And that's what Joe and I woke up to yesterday morning. We're like, what, what are we talking about here? Why are we talking about this? And so then... We started to see some of the um, trade packages from if you, people. If, if you want to call them trade packages. Yeah, yeah. yeah not great. Not great trade packages. Um, the first one that we really want to talk about was from, who was this from? It's Jim Riley, Ball Cap Sports. Hey, Jim Riley. Sorry, bro. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I have to do it to you, but this is a little weird. It's a little much. I'm sure you're a great dude. I just want, from a Mariners fan perspective... Bryce Miller, Colt Emerson, Jonathan Classe, and Ben Williamson for two years of a mid-pitcher named Dylan Cease? Yeah, no, I'm out, and the Mariners hang up the phone immediately. If if they were to even entertain this idea for a second, I would lose all faith that I had mm -hmm. in the front office. And 
they lost me a little bit this offseason at certain points. They kind of reeled me back in. You know, I'm a fool. Ooh, a piece of candy kind of, a, kind of a situation. I'll admit it. I'm a little optimistic. This would immediately, I would find a pitchfork within seconds and go start rioting. Mm-hmm. Bryce Miller and Colt Emerson alone, I think, is probably on the fringe of too much. I would be more willing to do Class A Williamson and Miller, but that's still probably a little bit too much. But like, I don't necessarily care a ton about the impact that Class A and Williamson could have. Really, and that just might be my ignorance of where I value Jonathan Class A, a guy that I've been hell bent on trading the entire off season. And Williamson, yeah, he, you know, drafted last year out of like a, I can't remember what it was, but it's just like a mid market kind of college that produces decent like he was in the cape cod league i think and was able to just produce very quickly and he's a more mature hitter a more mature prospect he's not gonna touch the mariners top 10 i don't think and he could impact your team at the end of 2024 into 2025 same thing with jonathan class a but is that impact necessarily going to be more valuable than what i think colt emerson can give you in three years time god no so i would Probably do Bryce Miller, Jonathan Class A, Ben Williamson if they paid down a little bit of Cease's money, the $8 million that he's owed this year. I might do that just to entertain the idea of adding in a potential Cy Young candidate. Maybe. However, six years of Bryce Miller is a lot. And those two, I might call them lottery ticket kind of prospects. Like Class A, I think, has a tool that's very useful in his speed. And Ben Williamson could be a decent hitter in the MLB. But is it really worth Dylan Cease? No. And especially all four of those together? Definitely not. Yeah, that package is one that I think is the start to a Cease and Robert package. Like, that would, yeah. Like, there'd need to be a little bit more in there for both guys, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But this is where I would start for both Cease and Robert. That's why I just don't think this fit makes sense for either team. Because the packages here are going to be so weird. Because... The original rumor was that the White Sox were asking for a lot in terms of young talent. And now they've kind of it says they've shifted to looking for more MLB ready talent. Well, in that in that trade proposal, there's one guy that's MLB ready, and that's Bryce Miller. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, if that's what they want, like make up your mind if you're the White Sox. I just don't th- <laughs> this this package specifically just feels so off to me. It's insane. I I I understand where his head's at putting this together. Like obviously, you know, adding Colt Emerson would be a big boost to their farm system that already has Colson Montgomery in it. Class A and Williamson, like you said, eh. but yeah, if I'm sending that much in return, if I'm saying that much, I need to be getting more in return than just two years of a guy who's been really good once. Otherwise he's been Bryce Miller. Would you do that same trade? So Dylan sees Bryce Miller, Colt Emerson, Jonathan class A say we throw in one of our quad a outfielders okay. like a Trammell or Deloach or Marlowe. And then they throw in Eloy. Instead of Robert? Yeah. No. Still no? Still no. What if you took out Colt Emerson and you added in Michael Arroyo? I'd definitely consider it. Okay, because I know you're lower than on Michael Arroyo than other people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Colt Emerson is a top 100 prospect in all of baseball for a reason. There was a snippet. I can't remember who said it. The guy, he, he could be a top 25 mm-hmm. prospect in all of baseball by this time next year. I, I wish I remember who said it because yeah, we were talking about right it now. the other day. But Colt Emerson has might be the highest floor and also one of the highest ceilings in mm-hmm. the Mariners prospect system right now for a guy that is so young. Trading him almost feels worse than trading Cole Young. 
Yeah. To to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, Cole Young's probably going to be a year and a half, two years ahead of Colt Emerson, but Emerson could be within the top ten by the time like he's like getting close to being MLB ready. Yeah, I agree with that. I think a, a tandem up the middle of Emerson and Young should be what the Mariners are looking forward to in the future. And whether that be, you know, who depending on how long JP's still around and how relevant he is in a couple of years to the Seattle Mariners, could things could change. You know, maybe one guy moves over to third or what have you. Who knows? But the future of this team up the middle should be, as of right now, the plan should be for it to be Cole Young and Colt Emerson. I think they should both be as close to untouchable as you can get, unless you're getting somebody that is worth a ton of value. And Dylan Cease is not that pitcher. Like, I don't want to compare it directly to the Orioles system, but, like, they had Gunnar Henderson at shortstop last year. Number one prospect in baseball. He's going to shift over to third base whenever Jackson Holiday's ready. Cole Young comes up. He's not. They're not nearly on the same plane, I would say, as Henderson or Holiday. But Cole Young maybe takes over shortstop for JP if the timing is right. And then when Emerson comes up, Cole Young shifts to second base, or Colt Emerson comes up and goes to third instead. Like, there's a ton to like about both those guys, and keeping them as a fixture in your future is it's more important than getting Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. So, this next one's even worse than that one. Uh, Dylan, I'm going to call you out, not Cease, over on Twitter, obviously, a White Sox fan, said, Bryce Miller, Cole Young, Emerson Hancock, and a lottery ticket. For the sake of this, let's call the lottery ticket Walter Ford. You know? Another pitcher. Just another pitcher. Just let the White Sox load up on pitching. Mm -hmm. Because they don't, I mean, they have quite a few infielders, so. Mm Mm-hmm. This is worse because you're still giving up Bryce Miller, you're now giving up your number one prospect instead of your number two, and then you're giving up your number six in Emerson Hancock. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for the Mariners, no. like truthfully, because if you're getting rid of Miller, you probably want to keep the insurance of younger, more available starting pitching like Emerson Hancock. Sure, he's got a little bit of injury history, but you'd probably rather keep him than like Di Scalfani or Austin Voth as your potential swingman, backup, like someone gets hurt, whatever. Getting rid of Miller and Hancock just doesn't make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I don't know. Obviously, this guy's a White Sox fan. He's going to ask for the world. It, it, it is what it is. But that that trade alone, you would have to stop at Miller and Cole Young. And I still say no. Because it's just he's just too valuable. Mm-hmm. I think that Miller alone might be too valuable. The six years you're going to get out of Miller, he's probably going to put up similar numbers to what Cease has his entire career minus 2022. Like, Cease has really not been that good. Don't get me wrong. He strikes out the world. But overall, he's been relatively mid throughout his career. And he's going to be making $8 million this year, almost $9, $15 million the, the year after that. Mm-hmm. Again, one good year in 2022 where he put up a 180 ERA+. plus. Otherwise, the highest of his career, 112. Bryce Miller can I, – I fully see that that could be a future for Bryce Miller. And maybe he doesn't have the potential to reach 180. Right. Like, a one, like does Bryce Miller have a Cy Young 2 finish in his career? We won't know until it happens, but – it feels like Dylan Cease peaked, and obviously the way that the White Sox want to recoup value on him when they're not a successful team is to package it around, hey, Dylan Cease was almost a Cy Young Award winner. Um, he can do that again. Maybe he won't. And sure, T-Mobile, it's a very hitters... Whoa. A very pitcher-friendly park. Maybe that's an inclination. And maybe the Mariners Pitching Lab is an inclination for... Teams be like, oh, we can fix him. Yeah, of course. Of course, Dylan. we can make Dylan Cease not walk batters at a rate above 10%. We can turn him into George Kirby where he's only walking, his walks per nine are less than 1.0, you know? It's 
it's unlikely and the chance is near zero, but it's not impossible. And so maybe that's the fantasy land that people are living in trying to acquire Dylan Cease. What you're giving up to get Dylan Cease, you might not, you're not going to get as much value from it long term. Mm -hmm. It's only two years and he's probably not going to come back. Sure. Would you get the death rotation for a year? Maybe two years? Because what Dylan Cease is going to give you next year is probably more valuable than Bryce Miller. But in the following year at $15 million, whereas Bryce Miller is getting paid league minimum still, or, you know, maybe he's, they extend him for, if that was, you know, another what-if situation. I feel like Bryce Miller's probably caught up to Dylan Cease at that point, unless somehow Dylan Cease goes back to a 180 ERI plus in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. Dylan Cease has been really durable the past couple of years. He's made all his starts the last three years. But throughout his career, he's only had an ERA below 3.9 once, and that was 2022. Otherwise, he has been, like I said earlier, mid. Mid as hell. The one thing that carries him is he strikes a lot of guys out. It, I don't think, I don't see anything about Dylan Cease that screams to me that he is worth that big of a package other than relying on one singular good year for him. That's all I got. The one package I think that... It, it, it pains me to say I could see being a little bit more realistic. It comes from baseball trade values. Just on the messaging board, the posting board, I know. It's not it's not good. But I, I wanted to go to see what Dylan Cease's value was on here. Just for research purposes. And someone posted a trade of Dylan Cease for Gabby Gonzalez, Brian Wu, and Cole Phillips. And this, to me, is probably the closest... Because Cole Phillips is a guy that's not going to be with the in the Mariners like pitching like world for three years. Tommy John hasn't made his professional debut yet. We just acquired him from the Braves. I had him as our number one pitching prospect, the only one in the top ten. If you rank Emerson Hancock higher than him, sure, but I think Phillips probably has more upside long term. Gabby Gonzalez is an outfielder that I think we can probably part ways with in terms of a prospect. Does he have really a future with the Mariners? By the time he's ready, maybe right field. The problems with it have not been answered. Mm -hmm. You know, Dom Canzone doesn't turn into an everyday guy. Whatever. There's things that can change in between that time, between twenty now and 2025 or 2026, whatever. But I think an outfield prospect is one that's within the top 10 that you'd be fine with getting rid of. Gabby Gonzalez is fine. And Brian Wu, I'd probably rather get rid of Bryce Miller if I had to trade one of them. But Wu... Sure, he's got injury history. Maybe Bryce Miller's more durable than Brian Wu long-term. And this trade would be accepted by the baseball trade values model. I, we still say no. Yeah, I still say no. I'd be willing to give up Brian Wu plus one of those two. Yeah. Not both. Not both Gabby and Cole Phillips. I, I think mean. Wu and Gonzalez, I'd be like, I wouldn't lose sleep. I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. I, I understand where the process is probably going there. Mm -hmm. I'd still prefer it if there was like some money thrown in by the White Sox just because of, we all know the, the Mariners um, fetish for not taking on money. So if, if they were to throw in, let's say, f just even like 5 million bucks to make the total cost of him below 20 million for the next two years, okay, sure, we'll take it. Overall, I think that that is a fine deal in a vacuum. I think that this still makes more sense as a three-team trade, though. I think that trading for Dylan Cease for what the Mariners have and what what the White Sox want, it's just a three-team trade. I don't know with who. Like We talk about the, the Orioles, the Reds, twins. the Twins, whatever. It makes more sense to do it that way. But we all agree that the Mariners' big problem is still a bat. There's, there's answers to that solution, whether it's in free agency or like in a three-team trade. 
It's just seeing them manifest is hard with how slow the offseason has really been moving. There's still so many different free agents out there that are available that could be upgrades to this Mariners offense in terms of either an everyday starter, if you want to call Matt Chapman and say, hey, do you want to play third base? And he might hang up and say no, because why would he want to play in Seattle? Because the, the, the fit doesn't make a ton of sense for me, just like with his profile. Or it's a, a more of like a bench piece where it, it raises the floor of your team and might allow Luis Urias and Josh Rojas to move to a platoon, say it's a Whit Merrifield or a Donovan Solano. There are options out there. If this rumor does gain a little bit more steam, a three-team trade, I think, with the Twins might be the most likely of outcomes. For me, just because the Twins have Jorge Polanco, which is someone that I think makes more sense than any of the free agents out there as far as a fit, it would allow them to shed some money. I don't know how it would be like allocated because Polanco is going to get paid ten and a half million, or I think he's he's ten, Kepler's ten and a half for the club options that was picked up. So with the white, it just gets messy. Three team trade, it's so hard I think to talk about. But if the Mariners get Dylan Cease and Jorge Polanco without giving up Cole Young, Colt Emerson, or Harry Ford, I would be okay. The one way to mitigate that, Joe, is to sign Blake Snow. You think so? Just sign Blake Snow instead? Let me ask you something. As, As we get closer to opening day, do you think that the likelihood that Blake Snow will be willing to take a one year deal increases? I just, there's no reason for him to because this is probably the last time he's going to be able to cash in Mm -hmm. unless he does a one-year deal, puts up the same exact numbers and then just goes out, does it again. The biggest, like prove it almost in a way when he doesn't even need to prove it because he just won the Cy Young. Right. He has been a very consistent. We looked at his savant page today and just like overall stats, been a very consistent pitcher. It's just his consistencies sometimes leave a little bit more to be desired because of how many walks he gives up and, Eventually, that could come back to bite him if he loses his ability to strike people out at such a high clip. But a one-year deal for Blake Snell doesn't matter the money because it's a one-year deal. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, would I be very okay with it? Yes. Then you trade Miller, Wu, Gilbert, whatever. Uh, Maybe not Gilbert. That makes me sad. But Miller or Wu for another bat Mm -hmm. in some way. And yeah, that team is ultimately better than having to give up more for a Dylan Cease type, and I trust Blake Snell more than Dylan Cease. From a baseball player perspective, because I am so in tune with that as a great baseball player that I am, Blake Snell's on the wrong side of 30, and he should just try and get a seven or eight year deal mm-hmm. to finish out his career. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, I would just be very confused. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think that ultimately that is what he's going to get, but like the the he's out there, and... Whether whether or not the Mariners have seen these deferral deals, you know, that the Dodgers have done, and they're like, oh, well, I guess maybe we should do that with Blake Snell, or what have you, I don't care. Because at this point, there's really, if you're looking at Dylan Cease, there's no excuse. There's no excuse not, not to go out and get Blake Snell, because honestly, he's a better pitcher than Dylan Cease. Sure, it's going to cost you maybe five extra million dollars a year for Blake Snell than it would Dylan Cease. If Dylan Cease is making 15 a year next year, Blake Snell's probably going to cost you 20 plus. Okay, but... If you play the deferral game like the Dodgers, and if Blake Snell's willing to do that, which he might be, because, hey, he said he was willing to take a hometown discount, sure, he walks a lot of guys. He really does. But with that being said, let's look at his savant page here. Not his savant page, sorry, his uh, baseball reference page. 
An ERA under 3.9, he has one, two, three, at least four in his eight-year career. That's half of his career. Dylan Cease has one. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. He's a better pitcher than Dylan Cease, and it's not close. I think the money the Mariners were able to save from a deal, like when they traded Robbie Ray, for example, helps them a lot in the ability to sign Blake Snell to a, you know, longer-term deal, $20-plus million. And another trade that really helped them do that was the Geno trade. And that video is on the screen right now. We'll talk about why we think it was a good thing the Mariners traded him. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 56 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online, the RJ Alanese episode of the Hit It Here podcast, and go Mariners. Who? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.